You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's up, everybody? Thanks for joining us today. My name is Ken Swanson. This is the AP Laboratory Special Edition Insta Reaction to the Chiefs' initial 53-man roster. Uh, some surprises here to discuss, a lot to discuss. This is the team, or the majority, the vast majority of the team, your Kansas City Chiefs will be going to battle with against the Houston Texans on Thursday, a team that they are currently on a 51-7 run against. I will be reminding people of that the rest of the week. Uh, and here to help me break down the initial 53-man roster for your Kansas City Chiefs are my dear pals. First, find him on Twitter, at Chief in Carolina. Maddie Lane, what's good? Oh, I'm doing pretty good uh, because, you know, Andy Reid runs the Chiefs and they like to keep everything as close to the vest as possible. I haven't managed my time great today and I'm sitting at home with a little guy that's running around. So if you hear some random noises in the background, that is that is my son making a bunch of ruckus telling us what he thinks about the Chiefs cuts. <laughs> but uh, we got football news. College football is currently on TV as well. This is a good weekend to be here. I'm just happy to be joined by the Renaissance man himself, Craig Stout, and he can tell us what he is creating this weekend because he creates a new invention every week. No, I'm I'm creating nothing. I'm doing nothing because I'm sitting here waiting for Andy Reid and the Chiefs to release information all day long. You guys, this is painful. It takes a little while to get this out, but we've got it now. We can break it down. We can break down. A 2018 draft pick, a major one, is gone, Kent. Let's just start with that really quick. The Chiefs have moved on for the from the 46th pick in the 2018 NFL Draft, a man Brett Veach traded up for, um, the first pick in Brett Veach's tenure, uh, and, and, and credit to him for moving on. They moved on from Breland Speaks, uh, the, the defensive end out of Ole Miss, Played his rookie year, got several reps his rookie year, got suspended last year after being on IR for the entirety of the 2019 season and does not make it out of camp. The likes of Damone Harris and Taco Charlton at defensive end have made the football team as well as Mike Dana over a Breland Speaks. Maddie, it's, it's still kind of jarring to see that early of a pick being moved on from that quickly. Yeah, I certainly didn't think that Brett Beach would be ready to call it good this quickly, especially because it looks like Breland Speaks took this offseason a lot more seriously than he took last offseason. He's in great shape. By all accounts, he was moving and looking a lot better this year than last year. But I guess when you consider where he's coming from, that's not a big gap to cover. And good for Brett Veach for listening to coaches and whoever was advising saying, hey, we would rather have other players and not sticking to his draft pick because 
the little that we've seen of Breland Speaks on the field doesn't give you a lot to be super confident in. So I'm not upset that the Chiefs are moving on. I don't know if I've seen a lot of unlocked potential in him. It's just I was surprised to see it happen. I really thought he was going to get this year, especially given the shape he showed up in. Yeah, it's it's one of those situations, and we're not trying to dunk on Speaks here or anything like that, but when he showed up light, I think that's kind of when I thought, well, that might be the end. Uh, we've talked at length about how Breland Speaks wins with power. He's not a particularly flexible guy. He's just not the same type of defensive end that Steve Spagnolo typically likes. He should have been playing inside, and he showed up a little bit lighter, got himself into good defensive end shape, but not Spagnolo defensive end shape. Just a guy that probably would have served himself better on the inside there, and so the writing was kind of on the wall. I mean, I said it maybe a month, month and a half ago, that with the offseason that Brett Veach is having, he could get away with moving on from Breland Speaks and not catch hardly any flack for it. I know there's still going to be some out there. It wasn't a good pick. It's very obvious that it wasn't good a good pick at the time now, but, I mean, this is no worse than the Patriots trading for Mohamed Sanu last year for a second-round pick. Like, that's that's a worse one. The Chiefs won a Super Bowl with Breland Speaks. But to say, Mohamed Sanu still doesn't have a ring, so... That's true, yeah. I mean, like, Breland Speaks has a ring. Um, and Brett Veach was able to overcome all that kill in the offseason this year. He can get away with walking away from Breland Speaks. Oh, absolutely, and I think it's a credit to him for making that tough choice. Um, let's. I'm going to just really quickly read off your initial 53-man roster just so you have it. Two quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes, Chad Henney. Three running backs, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Daryl Williams, Darwin Thompson. Fullback, Anthony Sherman. Six wide receivers, Sammy Watkins, Tyreek Hill, Demarcus Robinson, McCole Hardman, Marcus Kemp, Byron Pringle. Four tight ends. Four tight ends. Travis Kelsey, Nick Kaiser, Dion Yelder, Ricky Seals-Jones, Nine offensive linemen, Eric Fisher, Kalechi Osemele, Austin Ryder, Andrew Wiley, Mitchell Schwartz. That's your projected starting offensive line. Mike Remmers, Nick Elagrati, Daniel Kilgore, and rookie undrafted free agent lottery ticket, Yasir Durant. Uh, defensive end, you've got Alex Okafor, Damone Harris, Taco Charlton, Frank Clark, Tano Passanio, Mike Dana. They kept six. Defensive line, Chris Jones, Colin Saunders, Derek Nottie. Rookie undrafted free agent lottery ticket to Tershawn Wharton. Mike Pinnell suspended initially. Linebacker. Five linebackers. Damian Wilson, Anthony Hitchens, Ben Neiman, Willie Gay, Dorian O'Daniel. So really only four linebackers and a special teams ace, Dorian O'Daniel, who has really not seen many reps at linebacker. We might get there in a second. Cornerback Rashad Fenton. Charvarius Ward, Legarius Sneed, Antonio Hamilton, Bo Pete Keys, Bashad Breland suspended initially. Five safeties, Tyron Matthew, Juan Thornhill, Dan Sorensen, Tedrick Thompson, Armani Watts sticks around. Your specialists, Harrison Butker, rookie, undrafted free agent Tommy Townsend, and James Winchester. There is your initial 53-man ro roster. Maddie, what are your initial reactions to the initial 53-man roster? I'm just going to start on the offense, I think, for now, and maybe we can split it up into offense and defense so we're not bouncing all over the place. But, I mean, offensively, it's hard to look past only three running backs but four tight ends. 
Like, I think just about everybody would have predicted the opposite that to happen, whether you're looking at trends from the Chiefs in the past. They've gone three years in a row of keeping four running backs, plus Anthony Sherman, plus multiple guys on the practice squad. So having DeAndre Washington get cut and then not keeping somebody else took me by surprise. And then conversely, that roster spot seemingly going to a fourth tight end, at least for now, like that's right where my eyes jumped to immediately on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, my yeah, mine as well. I I do think that the Chiefs are not going to keep four tight ends. I don't think that it's going to be particularly long. This could be a situation where maybe Dion Yelder goes to IR so that he can return. That's why he's on the roster right now. But I do think that the Chiefs will probably swap that number at some point going forward here. Maybe get back to this fourth running back, third tight end situation. Uh, the one that really surprised me a little bit was Durant making the roster over Jackson Barton. We've heard so much about how the Colts were angry at the Chiefs for poaching Jackson Barton, and the Chiefs kept him on the active roster last year. They liked him a lot. So you see Durant being able to come in as an undrafted free agent with no preseason games, with a very limited camp reps, and taking that job from Jackson Barton – that is significant to me. That means the Chiefs really feel like they've got a good player here because they really like Jackson Barton at least last year. Yeah, no, that's a that's a really you know a credit to Yasir Durant, who I think we had a draftable grade on Yasir Durant if I remember correctly. We had around a fifth round pick, I believe. So I a fifth round pick uh, from a Maddie Lane, I believe, was primary grader on that bad boy, um, and he did enough to prove that he he might have been a draftable prospect. Uh, the Chiefs have kept him around on the initial 53. That's huge. You know, obviously he might be holding his breath a little bit here. Um, but at the same time, I don't know. The Chiefs have kept 10 offensive linemen in the past. I wouldn't be surprised if one if they are potentially like moving on, uh, moving Deion Yelder onto the in, injured reserve if an offensive lineman isn't the next addition just because of how they typically operate. Oh, what do you say, Manny? Oh, no, I was just going to say, the weird part is that they don't really have another player that can play offensive tackle after Mike Rimmers. Like, you have Mike Rimmers is the first offensive tackle you're going to put on the field if there's an injury, but after that, you have nobody else. And Yasir Durant can do that. He did it in college, but the Chiefs have only played him at offensive guard. At least that's where he's got the majority of his reps in camp. So at this point in time, I'm not sure what the entire plan is since they have not put him out at tackles often, but if they need somebody... I assume he can do it in the pinch. They'll sign somebody else if they need to. Nine offensive linemen, having all the backups be interior players with Rimmer's ability to kick outside. That's just a, it's an interesting combination. I do know, you know, Yasir Durant uh, did have some tackle experience, I believe, when he was at uh, uh, Missouri, correct? Yeah, he played offensive tackle at Missouri, just given his size and not being the best lateral mover. Most NFL people talked about him inside, and I think that's where I've seen him the most in the few clips we've gotten from Chiefs camp. I do think some pictures have shown him on the outside, but I think Jackson Barton, Greg Snot got a lot more reps outside than he did. So I guess the Chiefs are just feeling confident that Mike Rimmers is your very clearly your third offensive tackle. Maybe in a pinch, you see a Durant would be that guy, but I don't imagine he would get a lot of run there if they need a long-term player. It was just interesting to me to see Nick Allegretti, Kilgore, and then you see your Durant. Like, that's a lot of interior backup players, including Mike Rimmers there, without anybody else dedicated to play outside. Yeah, and part of me is wondering if they don't see your Durant more of an outside guy just because they they 
there you're 100 percent right back there's not a lot of options out there maybe they view him as an outside guy a little bit more and we're just sleeping a little bit on that ability there um that's just ex- trying to explain away and understand potentially you know what what's going on there how about initial reactions on defense maddie why don't you lead us off there again I, I mean, we already talked a little bit about Speaks, but I think it came down to Breland Speaks versus Damone Harris. Like, I know Damone Harris's announcement came a little bit earlier in the day, but that's just all about connections with agents and relationships you have with people. I really do think that Taco Charlton has shown a lot more at the NFL or even college level than either Breland Speaks or Damone Harris had. So, like, I think he made it the roster earlier than those guys would. I would imagine he gets more playing time than Harris, maybe even Mike Dana. But at the end of the day, you're rounding out your defensive end room, and the Chiefs chose Demoni Harris over Bruin Speaks. They took an undrafted free agent that did get to play important snaps for them last year. They took them over draft pick Breland Speaks, and like I'm surprised that happened, but I mean, that's where your eyes have to go first. I don't know if there were any other big surprises on the defensive side of the ball to me. No, there wasn't to me either. I think the Chiefs went pretty much chalk on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, we, we nailed the numbers you know, for each position in our preview there. We actually nailed all the offensive ones with the exception of tight end running back, which could swap, you know, by the end of this weekend for all we know. But I do think that just right there, the couple of decisions right at the very end, Dorian O'Daniel over Darius Harris. That's definitely a special teams move, as we discussed there. Same with Armani Watts over Adrian Colbert. Both of those guys are probably special teams moves, Dave Tobe moves there. It is the defensive end, you know, decision there to keep uh, Demone Harris over Breland Speaks. It's the most significant, probably makes the most difference on the roster going forward here. But, you know, credit to Tershawn Wharton. I know we talked a little bit about him. Credit to the Chiefs for finding UDFAs in Tershawn Wharton and Yasir Durant. That's that's good scouting. That's good process right there. I'm a little surprised. Uh, my initial thoughts about defense is like a little bit surprised Dorian O'Daniel survived uh, because the Chiefs, I mean, Dorian O'Daniel had a limited role defensively. He basically, the only time we saw him on the field defensively last year was spying Deshaun Watson for like 15 snaps. Um, It's kind of surprising to see him stick as a special teams only guy, but I think it's also a little surprising to see that they only have four other linebackers outside of him really um, on this roster. It's a really thin linebacker group. I love that the Chiefs kept Legereus Sneed and Bo Pete Keys. I, I love that they were able to keep both of those guys. I'm very fascinated by both of them. I think you, I think Legereus Sneed, you're going to see him in a few days. I don't know about Bo Pete Keys yet. We'll see there. Um, but those were those were a couple of my initial thoughts on top of obviously like good on Tershawn Wharton. That's really cool, and I'm I'm really excited to see uh, to see him play. This is a a discussion that we have had a little bit not on the podcast, you know, kind of in the DMs. But this I think this came down to from a special teams perspective. Obviously, Dorian O'Daniel is better, but it comes down to what's more important having a backup base will and a backup dime linebacker. That's what Dorian O'Daniel is or having a backup, you know, Mike in your base and in your buck. And we know that Ben Neiman is going to get those reps first. So Darius Harris is behind Ben Neiman as the backup guy there. There wasn't really a guy necessarily 
to take on that dime linebacker role unless they trust Willie Gay to hit the field, you know, in replacement of Ben Neiman going forward here. So Dorian O'Daniel is a more direct backup probably. I personally would have rather kept Darius Harris. I think that that's a more important position to me, but I can see the logic behind keeping Dorian O'Daniel, particularly for special teams. Well, yeah, and that's something that Craig and I had talked about, like he said, kind of off before, off the podcast, but both Dorian O'Daniel and Darius Harris are two injuries away from seeing the field on defense, essentially. You would need an injury to the starter and then the guy replacing the starter at the positions that they play. Dorian O'Daniel maybe would be your first backup as a dime linebacker. I think they'd probably just go with Anthony Hitchens, even though you, well, I don't even know if you actually lose athleticism. He seems to play a little slower, but he's just as good of an athlete as Ben Neiman. It's just Darius Harris would need Anthony Hitchens and Ben Neiman to get hurt before he'd get reps at Mike linebacker. Dorian O'Daniel would need injuries to Ben Neiman and Damian Wilson or Willie Gay, because I think they would make one of them play Will before he would. When you're two players remo- or two injuries removed from being on the field, I think it's a purely special teams call. Dorian O'Daniel's a proven quality special teams player going back to Clemson. And then with the Chiefs, if it was just one injury away, if you're looking at a primary backup, I'm fine with taking the guy that's not had as much experience, even if he's not as good of a special teams player. But when it's two of them, I think you just have to go with the guy that has that experience and has shown it already. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Um, okay, so I was going to maybe wait to do this portion of the of the show, but let's just jump to it now because I think this is a good transition I fully expect, because of what I just talked about with the lack of depth at the linebacker spot, I think Darius Harris is very likely going to be on the practice squad. Um, and I think he makes a lot of sense as a guy that the Chiefs can sneak onto the pack practice squad because the, no team has had a chance to see either him or Tim Ward in any capacity in the last two seasons. If you remember, Darius Harris and Tim Ward were both placed on the pup list last year and spent the entire season on the pup list. So the Chiefs essentially redshirted them for a year. And now uh, they've released them today. I could see both of them coming back on the practice squad because there's very low likelihood that either of these guys is going to be claimed by some team to put on their 53 main roster two years removed from any tape that these guys have. So I think those are two guys that you very likely are going to see on the practice squad. And I think these, you know, the chiefs have obviously kept them around. 
Um, a couple other notable things about the practice squad. Matt Moore, uh, I believe per Nate Taylor, I want to make sure I give our guy Nate some credit here. Uh, he has reported that Matt Miller or Matt Moore has already agreed to join the Chiefs on their practice squad because of the exception that is in place this year due to COVID where there are four spots on your practice squad that uh, any player of any experience level can be placed on the practice squad. Matt Moore uh, officially on there. Um, those, so there's, there's your first practice squad player. Um, I'm just going to read off some guys real quick. Maybe that you, I, I'm going to read off a few guys. I think that are prime candidates for the practice squad. Um, I, I mentioned more. I mentioned Darius Harris. I mentioned Tim Ward. I couple, I think Jackson Barton will be back in some capacity. I think I, I wouldn't be stunned to see Breland speaks in the mix here as well, just because he has familiar with the organization I don't think it's just a clean cut. I could see them moving moving him to the practice squad if he goes unclaimed. I think that Garrett Dieter is probably making this practice squad. It just feels like he does enough things to keep around. You know, he's he's a good enough receiver. He's a good enough special teamer that if a guy went down and they had to add in a guy to kind of fill in that bottom of the roster special teams role, I think Dieter makes a ton of sense there. I do think that either Jackson Barton or Greg Sanat is coming back. They just need another tackle, another guy on the outside on the practice squad there. But I would not be surprised here if a guy like Devereaux Lawrence stuck around. I just think that he's gotten a little bit of looks He's more of a pure pass rusher as a defensive tackle here, not a run stopper type guy. I think that they like him enough and a guy that maybe they don't have, you know, on their roster as it stands that they could bring up in an emergency. Another guy, I think Justice Shelton Mosley, we talked a lot about him as a return specialist, but it sounds like he made a few plays at camp too as a receiver. And I don't think he'll ever be an impact receiver at the NFL level but you slide him onto your practice squad. And if you can get a guy that can just be a filler, a depth wide receiver, adjust in case there's injuries along with his returning ability, I think that is a guy you probably do want to keep around. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him try to get slipped onto the practice squad. And Craig mentioned him, but what we've seen, I think Greg Sanat's been a little bit more impressive. And this is from one day at practice and various clips that we've seen released, like worth 30 seconds worth of clips. Greg Sinat to me has looked a little bit more impressive than I've ever been by Jackson Barton, whether as a player in college or in the preseason or the NFL. So I would prefer him to come back. I don't know if the Chiefs like him more or not. He seems to get reps at left tackle before Jackson Barton does though. It's like those are the two guys that I'd really keep my eyes on that selfishly, I want Rodney Clemens back. I think he's a really smart quality football player and Levert Hill would be fun as well. Uh, let's talk real quick. The, you know, the, the rosters are fluid. Um, it, a lot could change by the time this releases. There could be some news potentially if something happened. Uh, you're probably going to hear some news tomorrow um, in some capacity. Um, what What do you – like, is, is there a position that you think um, the Chiefs could make an addition to this roster just based on what you've seen currently? I'll start. Uh, I – I think I don't know if they're gonna. I I, I think they're gonna. I think they could add another offensive lineman. I think that they, you know, they're probably looking and monitoring all this. They've kept ten offensive line in the past. I could see them moving on from a tight end, adding an offensive lineman based on history. 
Um, I also could see them, you know, maybe if Dion Yelder is a guy that they are able to put on IR, then they bring back a Jackson Barton and throw him back to the mix or a Greg Sanat. Uh, so they do have more tackle flexibility. That's one of the moves I could potentially see happening. I don't know what you guys think. I feel 100% confident that they are going to have a fourth running back on the roster by Thursday. I think there is zero chance that they go in with just three running backs. They haven't done that for years. I don't think that that's going to happen. I would imagine same thing. Deion Yelder hasn't practiced yet. Seeing him go on to IR would not surprise me. And I would think a running back, whether that be DeAndre Washington or a signed player. Yeah, I, I would not be surprised if it's a running back. I would not be surprised if it's a tackle. I just think that those are the two positions that they're probably weakest at right now. I don't know that either one of those guys would contribute immediately. Maybe look for a guy to kind of hold down the fort for Martinez Rankin until he gets back from the pup list. Uh, you know, after six weeks here, that's when he's projected to come back. So I think that that's probably the spots that would make the most sense. Now, I do think that there are, you know, some corners that are floating around there. Maybe we'll get into that in a little bit. But I, I do think that there's some depth out there at corner. But I do also think that the Chiefs, like the guys that they have, want to keep Bo Pete on the roster. I don't think they're going to carry six corners. So I I think that it's running back or offensive line. Uh, there, there are some, yeah, I mean, there's some – Interesting guys that have kind of been put out there, uh, and I think let's just let's just go to that. I what about players cut from around the league that could potentially fit here in Kansas City? Let's just start throwing some names. Let's just take turns. Maddie, you can start. Hakeem Butler, bring him in. I don't care if it's on the practice squad or the <laughs> roster. Get Kemp out of here. I would even sacrifice my own son Byron Pringle to get Hakeem Butler on this football team. Bring me Hakeem Butler. I think he really should go to the practice squad. It seems like he couldn't pick up enough to stick in Arizona, and they, like the Chiefs, have a relatively competent wide receiver group. He does need some polish before he's ready, but if you like Jody Fortson, Hakeem Butler is going to be like Jody Fortson, but infinitely better because he can run, but he brings the exact same skill set except for being fast and a freak athlete. I think... I think a team will sign him to be on their active roster and not just on the practice squad, but I would not hate bringing him around. Yeah, leave it to Maddie. You know, he talked about last week how much he loves, loves, loves big, big receivers. Yeah, that that's his guy. I he would bring a four four nine. I know he's fast as well. Yes, yeah. Uh, I'd bring in Rasul Douglas from the Eagles. Um, he's big, dude. 62209 he's got a decent enough athletic profile and he's got lots of experience in this league the eagles gave him a legitimate shot it's not like uh, they cut a guy that they gave some serious time to over the past 3 years so i think that i would give that you know just as some veteran depth at the corner position but like i said i don't think they want to risk one of their corners on the open market there so i i don't expect it but he's a good player do you know who I would love to see the Chiefs take a swing at? Another Philadelphia Eagle. And I'd like them to take a swing at him more than I'd like to see Jackson Barton. Prince Tiga Winogo is was released by the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, his medicals are pretty scary. And that's the reason that he's available. When he's healthy, he's he's got unbelievable potential. He was a sixth-round pick by the Eagles. The Eagles just happen to have an extremely deep roster. Um, but Winogo, from a talent perspective, day late day one, early day two, tight potential, outstanding feet for a guy his size. Um, I'd, 
I'd keep him around, see what happens, see see what his medicals, you know, check out like. Um, there was, you know, it was it was a pretty big surprise to see him let go because I think the talent is all there. Obviously, there are some concerns about his his injury history, but um, yeah, I just I I I try to keep him around if I could. I mean, we talked about him a lot in the draft prospect process as a guy that we would like like a player that we're high on that you know maybe isn't getting as much getting as much run there especially with Lucas Niang opting out that's a guy you could store on your active roster and you know if you were planning on having a redshirt year for Lucas Niang you've got that redshirt year roster spot open now take it take it and get Prince Tigger Winogo and then be able to go into 2021 with Niang and Winogo on your roster that Honestly, that's wonderful. That's I would, fantastic. I would love that. I would absolutely love that. That's the best idea of any of these. Oh, undoubtedly. I would also be happy if they brought in Lamar Miller as the fourth running back. I don't know if he'd play special teams, and I think that's your one big holdup with finding a fourth running back is you do have to find someone willing to play special teams. But I also don't know if they'd be active on the actual game day, so maybe you could get by with a veteran like Lamar Miller. So if they don't want to just bring back DeAndre Washington after they make other moves, and they really do when they go look for a fourth running back, one of veteran presence, Lamar Miller, I think, would fit Andy Reid's offense exceptionally well. I think this year, and just you know, with the Chiefs, the nature of their roster, it's really well established. I don't think there's a ton of places that you're going to see a ton of surprises, and we've kind of laid those out. and. Even like you know, adding a Sidney Jones or a Rasul Douglas from the Eagles, you have you might have to make decisions about who you're moving on from. And I really like the outlook of of Legarius Sneed and Bo Pete Keys. Bo Pete Keys specifically would be the one at risk here in this scenario. I want to keep him around. I you know, and the Chiefs invested a six round pick in next year's draft to make sure that they acquired his services. Um, but there's, I think, I think ultimately what's going to happen is you're going to be looking at potential practice squad players. I think there are going to be some surprises on the practice squad this year. Um, some guy, some of these guys that might have got released, I think you could see some of them winding up on the Chiefs practice squad necess- more necessarily than, uh, than their active roster. I think their active roster is pretty well established. And I got one more fun one real quick. I, I would not be sad to see Armani Watts waived to bring in Demarius Randall, who was cut by the Raiders. Actually, mm. I believe it was yesterday. Mm. But if you're looking for a depth safety that can play different positions, and again, this issue comes up is, is a veteran like Randall going to want to play on special teams? Right. So that's where things get a little dicey. But just player for player, guys that intrigue me, Demarius Randall is a free agent. He wasn't waived today, so I think that probably slips people's mind. But he would actually provide something, I think, to the defense that Armani Watts, I'm not sure, is doing right now. It would just be that special teams conundrum. Also, just one thing to, to note when it comes to, you know, we talked a little bit about the fourth linebacker, or fourth running back, I'm sorry, potentially. Um, that guy's probably going to have to be able to play special teams too. DeAndre Washington, not a special teamer. I would anticipate any fourth running back is a guy that is capable of playing special teams. And maybe the Chiefs are just playing the game where they're looking at you know the outlook of the rosters across the NFL and looking to see what running backs come available and then maybe trying to grab a guy that maybe fits that profile. Maybe a guy taken in the last two drafts. You know, Cut to the Chiefs taking Adrian Peterson this weekend, oh, who does not play special yeah, teams. I <laughs> doubt that happens. Isn't there a stat about him being just terrible from shotgun? 
Is I there? don't know if it if there was in Minnesota. I don't know if it's been switched at all with his stint in New, uh, with the Saints and then with the Redskins where he kind of revitalized his career a little bit. But yeah, I don't think he's as good of a fit. And that's kind of what I said about Lamar Miller is while he fits, I don't know if he's going to play special teams. But also on game day, I don't think this fourth running back is active because Darwin Thompson's a special teams type player. He is a running back that does play special teams. Mm-hmm. So the only way this fourth running back's really getting active or getting major work is if you lose Clyde or Daryl Williams. So like I, I could see a veteran fourth running back that doesn't play special teams if they're in a pinch. But I think you would be looking at Dare O. I'm not going to pronounce attempt to pronounce his last name released from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who was a special team stud down there they released him when they signed Leonard Fournette CJ Procise I think has been a free agent for a little bit but these are running backs that have a little bit of pass catching ability and have been proven on special teams a little bit more uh let's just go ahead and go across the room last thoughts on the 53-man roster and we'll close this thing out Craig kick us off Pretty much chalk, like we expected from most everything. Speaks is a little bit of a surprise, but honestly, uh, having no preseason, having no games, having you know odd camps have really left a lot of these locker rooms pretty much stationary from what teams thought. It stinks for some of these UDFAs and some of these young guys and transitional guys, but it means that pretty much everybody throughout the league is keeping a lot of the guys that everybody expected him to. Nothing for me has me floored or punching air like last year when they initially didn't have Byron Pringle on the initial 53. Like nothing has me upset like that. Nothing really has me surprised. I'm a little shocked about the four tight ends, but like we've mentioned a few times now, Yelder hasn't practiced. I wouldn't be surprised to see a tight end cut or Yelder IR to bring in another running back or offensive lineman. And outside that, like, it's pretty much what we thought. Maybe some players here in and out and wrong, but the four tight ends, the only big surprise. couple things. Um, we heard, we heard uh, from Nate Taylor on Twitter that Mike Dana not only made the 53-man roster yet, but is probably going to be playing week one uh, on the active roster. I would echo that sentiment. Um, I, he, he had a really, really good camp. Uh, and so there's a lot to be encouraged about him. Uh, so he's definitely got to keep an eye on. Um, obviously, Willie Gay made the roster, but keep an eye on him too on, on Thursday. I think he's due for a little bit more playing time than the Chiefs are playing on. So let's keep an eye on those two guys. I'm so excited. The switch has been flipped. It is the season, baby. Let's do this. Let's go run it back. Let's go win a Super Bowl back-to-back with the greatest player in the world and 52 other fine gentlemen that we just found out about today. Thank you guys so much for listening to this special edition of the AP Laboratory. We will be back with the Monday Mailbag in a couple days. Catch you later. Ben Neiman season starts Thursday. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. 
Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.